in the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry? Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Vets is Sup podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Brian Russell Smith. I'm Amanda Duberman. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Vets is Sup podcast is your weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happened in the news, explained by your four funniest friends. We're Which is us. Today we're talking about inhaling, not inhaling. Railing Adderall to read. Let's get into it. Betches Media presents. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator, or not? Uh, my party is going bat crazy. <laughs> Alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! Today is a very special episode. Mm-hmm. Hope everyone had a lovely holiday and is bracing for a fun New Year's Eve tomorrow. Today's special episode is titled All the President's Vices. December marks 86 years since Prohibition was repealed, and we wanted to celebrate by taking a look at all the trouble and joy and grief, alcohol and some other substances, have brought to the Oval Office. So we're going to talk about how our nation's leaders, who were known to over-imbibe, take what we now consider illicit drugs for various ailments or for recreation, or just have like a particularly notable relationship with drugs or alcohol that were available to them in their respective eras. And there is a spectrum, and it is wild. So with that, if uh, drugs, alcohol, substances, substance abuse are not your cup of tea, not something that you want to listen to, that's totally fine. This might not be the episode for you. Um, But we do have two amazing interviews with Katie Couric about journalism in the time of Trump and Sally Krawcheck about what keeps women from making more money that are they're in your feed. They're in your feed right now. So you can go back, listen to those, maybe skip this one. And if you or someone you know is struggling with substance abuse, we urge you to call the National Drug Hotline at 1-844-289-0879. So we were trying to think of like what would be an interesting topic to discuss for a bonus holiday episode. And I have always been just like, fascinated by the influences that our leaders were under Mm -hmm. and even like artists (laughs) throughout like now we mean like russian influence yes but before we meant (laughs) chemical yeah right (laughs) yeah what if we could find like vintage like influencers like try this weird cocaine derivative yeah i feel like realizing (laughs) i feel like realizing that all people are just people is such a huge thing like when you see your teacher outside of school and like Mm -hmm. realizing that like Oh, yeah. The presidents yeah. did drugs. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Tried yeah. drugs. They drank. Mm-hmm. Some of them did. Some. Of them, I mean, we're going to get into it. Yeah. But it, it feels like that feeling of like, right. oh, my God, Mrs. Crenshaw <laughs> yeah. buys milk. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I think what's even more interesting about it is that you see that like their relationships with substances may have actually impacted the things exactly, that they yeah. did yeah. at the time and therefore actually changed history with mm-hmm. their drug use. And, yes. it's, and it's also true to like a lot of intense personalities and people mm-hmm. who are, you know, a little perhaps power hungry do tend to have these substance abuse issues. And now I feel like, well, especially back then and for a lot of these cases, that wasn't a thing. Like alcoholism and addiction was just like, something you yeah. did it certainly yeah. wasn't treated as <laughs> yeah. a, a disease or yeah. treated no, with any sympathy no. yeah. yeah and i think people were 
I don't know, this could be completely stereotypical and false, but it feels like they were more high functioning with their addictions because mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of these drugs were actually le- okay. Yeah, yeah, or, or, not, or like prescribed yeah. for like, if you have a headache, drink some brandy. Right, yeah. Exactly. I definitely think sis- the I society do. that surrounded a person, unless they were in a situation where like, they literally could not function. Yeah. There was probably more of a tolerance for someone right. to be a high functioning alcoholic yes. or like right. a high functioning person who's addicted yeah. to I'm a wide variety of things that we're going to talk right. about today. And I was thinking as I was doing my research, because I personally am a person that my body stops me before I can get as drunk as these people were getting. Like, <laughs> yeah. I get sick. I get sick or I fall asleep. I've never I just I, I, I yeah. can't do it. But also I was, thinking, I was like, how do people function? How do they do it? And then like. Maybe you just didn't have to be that good at everything back then. Like now I'm like, I, how can I answer my emails from my phone while I'm at dinner if I have wine? You're right. Standards were lower. They Nobody weren't cared. like, they were like, okay, you can return your letter after this hangover is over. Right. And yeah. it's yeah. fine. Yes. No exactly. one's going to know. Well, also, no, write one, the letter no, tomorrow. One, no one was yeah. slapping you or texting you or emailing you after you left the office. Right. Yes. So you, just, right. you would leave the office at 530 and be like, see you tomorrow at 930. Right. Like, why didn't you get back to me? You don't have to be like, well, I was drunk. It's like, well, you know, snail mail. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Also, like everyone was hungover at the office. Yeah, mm-hmm. like right. Mad Men, they were doing these like three martini lunches. Right, that's and then, what I was about to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like um, I was just reading an article about how millennials killed the power yeah. lunch, like I which is like I don't I'm know sorry. finance dudes in like the eighties getting blackout drunk yeah. in the middle of the like day, railing yeah. coke, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, literally in back. the middle of the day, and then they're like, "Why aren't millennials getting? <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't millennials ruining their entire life at we, noon?" We every all, day <laughs> we all switched to weed that's what happened right, exactly you know? honestly yeah. it's it works you can actually function a lot yeah, yeah. i mean it depends how yeah. seasoned yes. of a smoker you are but yeah. you know and that's the, the, the cousin yeah. company that actually is a great place for us to start yes with the first president george washington Hey-o. he liked the weed so he famously grew hemp so we're breaking this up we're going to go through this sequentially we decided to skip the people who just don't have an interesting relationship to alcohol. Boring. Good for them. Yeah. yeah, right. Wow. And so as I was doing my research on sort of like the early days, it sort of sounded like our standards for alcoholism are not the standards for alcoholism then. You, you would probably characterize everybody back then as an alcoholic. It sounds like people drank either always or never. <laughs> yes, uh, that is true. Like yeah. a lot of people drank like every all day, all, oh, all day, all hours for breakfast. Everyone had cider for breakfast. Yum. Spiked cider? Yes, but it only had about 2% alcohol. All right. Okay. So, okay, we'll start. That's why everyone was more yeah. relaxed, and now everyone's right. so fucking intense. Yes. And like, oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so a good place to start is actually shortly before George Washington became president, and I feel like this anecdote sort of tells you how much people were drinking. So after the Constitutional Convention, which is when they spent some time in Philadelphia writing the Constitution, working all day, apparently they all partied all night, every night. Six <laughs> hours a night while they were writing the Constitution. That was not in Hamilton. I guess no. they were all... <laughs> Like 20 years yeah. old. 20 years old. I was reading about John, right? I, John Adams' like section, and I got a lot of my information from history.com. His said that he, it was impressive because he was 40, but he could keep up with it. Cool. But right before uh, around. Awesome. You know how there's yeah. always one really yeah, cool 40 year old? Next time I'm at a party and there's an old guy, I'm going to be like, oh, not an old guy. I'm sorry. A guy that's old. <laughs> How many old guys you hang out with? I'm gonna be like, so you're the John Adams of this party. Wow, okay. That'll make you seem real cool. When my first friend turns 31, that's what I'm gonna say to him. Wow, okay. You just sound like such a douche. Like, what do you even mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I heard that at the Constitutional Convention. After the Constitutional Convention, it was also like George Washington invited some of his like war buddies. They held a party for 54 people. 
They racked up a $15,000 bar tab in <gasps> present day uh, dollars. <gasps> present day wow. dollars. What, were the, what was the price per drink? Okay, so we could probably calculate that, but what they had was 54 yeah. bottles of Madeira wine, which was um, George Washington's favorite. He apparently drank a bottle every night. Like from Portugal? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh. 54 bottles of that, 60 bottles of, is it Claret or Claret? Is that like, it's a no, type of... I couldn't I even have begin no to tell you. Yeah, 60, no <laughs> let's say 60 bottles of like a high alcohol yes. thing. 22 bottles of porter. And this is where it gets just like 12 bottles of beer. <laughs> Eight bottles That's of it. cider. And seven large bowls of punch. Yeah. $15,000. Yeah. I love <laughs> present day money. bottles of beer. Like, it's like they, they went out to get hammered. Yeah, no one, it's like, yeah, it's like yeah. at those parties where right. the beer, all all's left is beer and everyone's yeah. passed yeah, out. Yeah, that's true. I, know. Uh, I actually got a cup of the alcohol for my wedding, so I'm going to take this quantity yeah. and just, just, <laughs> Just quadruple it. It's, that's how yeah. I am for parties. It's like, let's get some beer for whatever, whoever wants beer. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, okay. But the beer never gets drank. Mm-hmm. Right. Remember right. the ladies. Yeah. Am yeah. I right? Yeah. So this is so funny to have spent, you know, the past couple weeks watching our learn makers just be like, the Constitution is so precious. And they took it so seriously. It's like, really? Because they drank, they all drank yeah. two bottles of wine the night before every day. <laughs> Every day. It's impressive. It is. It is. Um, and they're like 1776 livers. Yeah. yeah. Like when a frat dude, it like graduates with like a medical degree and you're yeah. like, what? You were doing medicine this whole time? <laughs> oh my God. You're a lawyer now? <laughs> yeah. George Washington. Is that you? Holy shit. Yeah. George Washington. So the marijuana thing, he grew hemp. Mm-hmm. Um, he grew hemp. He originally grew a lot of tobacco and then tobacco shares started dropping i don't know he was like i don't know if this is sustainable i'm gonna try hemp he never ended up selling the hemp he just used it for personal use which he was making a lot of ropes yes he was making (laughs) honestly mostly fishing nets and probably clothes to outfit the humans he owned oh i would love really took it there well i mean (laughs) i mean i I was talking to my boyfriend i was like so hemp has 0.3 percent thc that's very very low but i was like is there any way that that would have any impact such that you would like notice it and then decide he wanted to grow more and we decided no probably not um but in the 90s there was this campaign where a lot of people like put stamps on one dollar bills uh saying i grew hemp next to george washington as part of like a legalization movement but i don't think that george washington was a pothead he just grew (laughs) a lot of hemp to make ropes yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. literally. Right. The tone has just been taken down since. <laughs> 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 it has but, to I happen. Mean, they should put like I own slaves on the dollar. They should. Yeah, yeah. that's worse. I mean, for yeah, sure. that would also be really good. Right. Right. He also used something called laudanum, which is an opiate derivative, to alleviate discomfort for dental problems. He had one tooth when he became president, and apparently, um, to, for dentures to work, it's better if you do have teeth for them to like grip onto. And he didn't, so he literally wore wooden teeth in his mouth every day. They tore up the inside of his mouth. They apparently were falling out all the time. And you had to like think of how undignified. And he had to like put them back in. Caused him a tremendous amount of pain. So he took opiates for that. Now, nobody knows if he was addicted. Oh, there's no evidence that he, but they are addictive. And he was in constant pain from these. So he's probably using it somewhat regularly. It's also an opiate derivative. I don't know, you know, if it had the same exact effect, but it seemed to have helped with his pain. I know that there was an episode of Boardwalk Empire where this girl was addicted to laudanum. Oh, so what, really? that's what I'm okay. that's what I'm that's from where I'm coming at this from and yeah. it was not good. Yeah. Was George um, Washington not the hero that uh 
we all thought. It doesn't sound like he had a very dignified presence. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's just like making a speech and his teeth are falling but out. Maybe at that time you're like, you know, like five guys who have no teeth and are addicted to laudanum. Like yeah. he's just right. one of them right. and he's the tallest yes. one. And right. you're like, okay, well, he's tall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, People liked him in the war. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, well, okay, he has no teeth and he's addicted to laudanum, but he's <laughs> six, five. Yeah. He did give up the, the presidency after two terms. So, yeah. 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 Maybe he just. <laughs> Was tired. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. He also probably he drank a lot. He drank a bottle mm-hmm. of Madeira a night. He spent seven percent of his income while in office on alcohol. And he wrote in his diary once of uh, consuming far too much fish house punch. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, <laughs> sounds disgusting. Honestly, seven yeah. percent of your salary is not that much, that's especially if true. you live in Manhattan. Yeah. Like drinks are expensive. But I wonder if he was like growing. Or like make, brewing his own That's true Stuff too That's true You know what Maybe I mean Maybe that's what I should start doing Right yeah. Brewing my own yeah. stuff Yeah So that's George Washington John Adams we already referenced He drank a tankard of hard cider When he woke up A tankard <laughs> is 20 ounces So if you had like two That's like two It's like a Camelback yeah. bottle Yeah Yeah mm-hmm. Yeah exactly Full of cider <laughs> Okay Okay so um, was that sort of like that Having like a white claw no, it was like having coffee. It was like having your morning no, apple I mean, juice. the amount oh, of, of yeah. alcohol. Even less. Less than a 2% white claw. 2% is like kombucha. But when you're having like a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A tankard. Yeah, a whole tankard. He must have peed um, a whole lot. He really liked alcohol, though. He once tried to use his diplomatic immunity to bring 500 bottles of French Bordeaux into the country <laughs> without paying taxes. He failed <laughs> and then uh, made Thomas Jefferson do it for him. Nice. <laughs> I love that. So they were like really bros. I think they were bros. Yeah. I do yeah. love like learning about them as like real people yeah. who are like, oh, God John damn it. Adams own slaves too. I think so. Yeah. Okay, Wait, I think no, we I need think to do Adams think and a- the Adamses were against. Okay, I the think Adamses we need to do it against. from like and Massachusetts, Ab- Abigail right? Was, like yeah. super against, okay. are, like what, super duper against. What are your guys' thoughts, audience? too, what are your thoughts on doing? An episode on the founders and their slaves. I think it would be good I for everybody have, to know. I yeah. would love. I think to, Hamilton and get against. I mean, and the Adams against. is out there. But the okay, let's Jefferson, do that. obviously, yeah. yes. Next time there's a holiday. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. That'll be fun. Um, <laughs> Thomas Jefferson was just like oh, such a wino. Um, he grew his own grape. He was super into it. He was the wine official wine advisor to Washington, Madison, and Monroe. Um, oh, the sommelier. He fucking loved wine, this guy. He dedicated 20 to 200 acres of Monticello to like experimenting with how to grow wine. Like he's kind of credited with slave owner. He is credited with sort of like bringing a more like bring, making wine a thing here because so really investing his time and his money into making good wine. In Virginia, I guess. Yeah. Is, is that, that why he bought yeah. all like the rest of the United States? He's like, we're Probably. just gonna have so much fucking yeah. wine. Yeah. yeah, he spent a third of his White House salary to stock the White House with wine specifically. What oh. a waste of money. Brian's like, that's closer to my proportion. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, yeah. that sounds a little yeah. more reasonable. Yeah. James Madison uh consumed a pint of whiskey a day, but that was normal, apparently. Oh, cool. Okay. A pint. Yeah. A pint. It was prescribed whiskey. for all sorts of things, which it was prescribed for migraines, which like no, that's what causes oh my, my migraine. Oh my god, the last Can thing I would want while having a migraine is to drink, <laughs> yeah. take a shot of whiskey. <laughs> oh my god, Ick. no, Ick. no, 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 no. Um, Martin Van Buren drank so much whiskey that people called him Blue Whiskey Van, and <laughs> <laughs> Blue, that's such an insult. Blue Whiskey Van. He was president from 1837 to 1841, and he is. He was a one-term president, and people think he partly lost because he was accused of being an alcoholic by his competitor. That happened a lot in elections. Mm. That was like a real thing that you could accuse people of, is being 
a heavy drinker. Um, Andrew Jackson wasn't known to drink excessively, but his inauguration was famously a rager. <laughs> um, he was like a guy of the people. And so he invited just anybody to like, I don't know if he invited anybody, but he invited a very large group of people to come into the White House. And then eventually the doors were open, just filled with people um, who were drinking, breaking things, grinding cheese into the carpets. <laughs> oh my. It just seems like a real fuck you. Is that why yeah. they had to redo it? Probably the only way to get them out was to move the punch bowl outside. <laughs> oh, it's like moving soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then people left, so but funny. there was like huge damage to the White House. Franklin Pierce, he was also a one-term president. I saw, I read one blog post title. And I'm sure you guys came across this too. There's like legit sourcing for this and then a lot of weird blog posts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, saw, yeah, yeah, I yeah. saw one titled, Our Drunkest President, The Sad Life of Franklin Pierce. <laughs> oh, no. Just so beautiful. That article also blamed his drinking on his wife. And although she did sound quite difficult, um, <laughs> I don't I don't agree with blaming anyone's drinking on what their What did she wife. do? She like hated being in the White House. She really like did Melania. not want to. Yeah, she mm. hated it. And also, three of their sons died. Oh. One of them very tragically, I mean, I think everybody died tragically back then, Got like was like launched out of a horse carriage or something and died. And she would write letters to him through the night to like his soul. Oh, my God. Oh. And this happened six weeks before Franklin Pierce took office. So I think she was just like, I don't want to do this. I just lost my third son. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, so That's he so was sad. a known, a known heavy drinker. He was often mocked as the hero of many a well-fought bottle. <laughs> battle. Oh, gosh. Um, when he wasn't nominated for re-election by his party, he famously said, there's nothing left to do but get drunk. Oh, <laughs> later, oh so he's like really he yeah. alcoholic. Oh, he later died of liver failure. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, this so is this a real is thing. This is a sad life of Franklin Pierce. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Really brutal. Right. Um, we're already at Abe Lincoln. He didn't drink that much, but this is when like temperance started going and he was... His his family was like in the liquor business, kind of. His now, for dad, those who may not know, what is temperance? Oh, temperance was the movement to sort of ban alcohol or mm -hmm. reduce how much people drank. It yeah. was like temperance makes men yeah. bad and makes which, them beat their wives. Yeah. And that was what was happening at which the time. Which was a reaction to some of the like really yeah. intense daily alcohol yeah. use that we were right. seeing. Like yeah. con the consumption was crazy high and like... Yeah. There were consequences. Yeah, I think to it's also that. that like people were drinking. Like I said, everyone was drinking cider all the time, and then yeah. we learned how to make whiskey. Yeah, and then people were drinking whiskey like they drank cider, and that what did not lead to good outcomes. Yes, um, whiskey was something that uh, Abe Lincoln's dad worked part time to make whiskey. A lot of people did, but like at that time, if you even had ever touched it or were earning income off of it at all, it was sort of like stigmatized. Not by everybody, but it was like in elections, you could be like, well, he's his family. Yeah. supports drinking um he himself wasn't yeah and then he owned a grocery store that sold liquor like during not during prohibition but i guess at a time like they were licensed to sell liquor but everyone was like his opponent basically used this against him a lot this guy named um stephen Douglas. he referred to himself once as i was a school teacher in the town of winchester and he lincoln a flourishing grocery keeper which was implying a barkeep. Mm. Um, mm. The funny thing about that is that Douglas was a known alcoholic. <laughs> uh, also, no one remembers yeah. him. Right. So. No, exactly. Well, they had that famous debate. They right. had a really famous oh, debate. Lincoln, Lincoln Douglas debate. I wonder debate. if that's where this I remember happened. That. Big um, famous debate. Debate me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Douglas, famously. Lincoln himself didn't. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lincoln himself isn't known to have drank very much. Um, I don't think he was, he abstained, but he just wasn't that into it. And he was very sympathetic. Like at the time he was trying to sort of, he had kind of a pressive attitude, like people that are addicted to alcohol or having problems with it, like 
have a disease. I don't think he said that, but he mm-hmm. was, you know, the way we think of it now, he was sort of like, let's be more sympathetic. You would um, think people would have come up with that thought like way earlier right. when it seems like it was causing real issues yeah. for people. Right, right. Um, so yeah, he just didn't really like that drinking that much. He said it left him feeling flabby and undone. Oh. Same. Honestly, totally. now that like, he, now I hear it from him, that's exactly yes. how I feel. I felt when like, I- Flabby you know, and undone. Wake up, you don't, you're not That's why I prefer. It. I was like, I feel flabby and undone. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't feel flabby that and undone <laughs> after. Undone. I feel exactly. Fabulous. Um, Andrew Johnson. We've been hearing his name a bit because he was the first impeached president. Mm. Um, he gets a bad rap just because he got straight up wasted at um, his vice presidential inauguration. <laughs> <laughs> he was a newbie for Lincoln. Um, he had typhoid fever apparently when he got to Washington, and so he was told like, "You're going to be VP soon. Mm-hmm. You got to drink a lot of whiskey to get better." <laughs> Um, classic mistake (laughs) so he did he is believed to have consumed three tumblers of whiskey before his face presidential inauguration what's a tumbler though like it's like a like a little thing like okay just making cups with our (laughs) hands that none of you can see like it has like a little like loop on it so you can put your finger through it you know what i mean oh right yes of course like a cup yeah 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 he slurred through a a belligerent and angry speech (laughs) Which, like, they know this because many senators wrote it. A lot of this information comes from other people's diaries who witnessed it and people that, God bless them, have gone through those diaries. And now we um, have tweets. Yeah, so. exactly. And he was too drunk to swear in new senators, so they had to have somebody else do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so embarrassing. One month later, Lincoln was assassinated and Andrew Johnson became president. You know, I actually was reading a thread from someone about Andrew Johnson this morning about how he Lincoln basically picked him because he wanted someone who was like a Southerner. Yeah. And he was just like such a jackass, though. Uh, he was like one of the only Southerners who didn't who like didn't secede. So he needed to basically like use yeah. it as like politically. Right. But then when he came to the president, the presidency, he was just like such an asshole. because yeah. He didn't really want to free the slaves, right. but he was kind of stuck with it. Yeah. 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 He tried to deny their rights whenever possible. Vetoed civil rights bills. He was impeached. 11 articles of impeachment <laughs> wow you know this does make me feel better like when we're going through our crazy news cycle it's like okay it's but there were like people this, in yeah. the 1800s who were like wait the vice president got so drunk <laughs> at impeachment that he couldn't swear <laughs> in the senators and yeah. then one month later they're like oh my god he's, he's the, the president, president. <laughs> oh god <laughs> he was still like, over he was still like i still got the migraines yeah, oh, oh, oh. yeah. yeah he was still flabby and was undone. his typhoid done like i feel like people die from that apparently he got better somehow i guess the whiskey worked apparently i'm sure that's <laughs> what worked. okay you know what's weird about that that just makes me question like all of modern medicine if this I guy could, could cure totally. his typhoid with whiskey <laughs> yeah. like what right i know he was mainly impeached because he tried to fire somebody that uh he couldn't have he, he avoided oh, removal by never heard month, of that happening yeah before. right exactly yeah ulysses s grant he's known as as a really liking to drink especially during the war for which he is considered a hero um but newspaper reporters always wrote about him like stumbling around, swilling whiskey, and once projectile vomiting into his horse's mane. Oh, <laughs> the poor oh, horse. No. That's exactly what I thought. He probably like, poured on whiskey mane. on it to clean it I off, too. Know. And he was very successful in the war. Like Lincoln once said, like, mm-hmm. whatever he's drinking, give it to everybody. Yeah. What? Oh. It was like a joke. So basically, were all the Civil War soldiers just like wasted fighting? So and I'm they were sure. so wasted because they like. They drank a lot, but also they were not eating. They were rationed. Like, he was 135 pounds, I read. Oh, my God. Barely eating and just drinking constantly. Um, He also, in his life, smoked a ton. 
like smoked cigars all day, 20 cigars a day, and died of throat cancer. And as he was dying of throat cancer, he really wanted to finish his memoirs. So he would gargle wine laced with cocaine to relieve the pain. Oh, wow. Oh my okay. God. I feel like that would do it. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think you would feel much of anything. No, yeah, that yeah. definitely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would definitely uh, numb some numb your throat. I'd love to just like see the memoirs and it's like all nice handwriting oh, and yeah. then at a certain point it's like crazy <laughs> <laughs> pictures and like weird shit all through the A little bit of vomit yeah, on the bottom exactly. of the page. Imagine yeah. like the advantage that the other that like the South would have if they just didn't drink. God, I know. I'm, thank God they were drunk all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's very drunk. American to get it drunk, is. you know, yeah. Yeah. since the Civil War. Yeah. They could at least agree on that. Yeah. yeah. I'm almost done with my segment here. Um, next is Teddy Roosevelt. He's interesting. He didn't drink a lot. He a newspaper claimed that he was a heavy drinker in the White House and he freaked out. Um, he he sued the paper. So they claimed that he just drank a lot, that he drank a ton of mint juleps and <laughs> very specific. And he responded that I have never been drunker in the slightest degree under the of liquor. And he, he just said that the reason why he had uh, mint juleps was because they grew mint at the White House. And he was like, I got to use this mint julep. <laughs> <laughs> so he said he had like six mint juleps a year. He won that case. It was actually after he was president, but is known to like nothing crazy, but was very, this was in, he was president from 1901 to 1909. So before uh, prohibition, the 18th amendment actually happened, but I think there was a lot of, it was, it was the popular thing was to not drink. Teetotalers were like, yeah. a group at that point well yeah i mean you're looking back on these past people and like yeah, the right. shit that they <laughs> yeah. were yeah it gets like doing as i was doing this research i was like fuck I, this is if they're all like this but then as you get after like the 1900 things yeah. start it kind of makes you on your horse's mane yeah. <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> <But it's here laughs> in it kind of makes you understand why there was a prohibition movement uh-huh, because yeah. like uh-huh. you have all these people like stumbling around like who are supposed do. to be running things yeah yeah and then I understand why someone would have thought that was a good idea. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, At the it, time. I, I remember watching Ken Burns has like a prohibition. I, that's what I watched that. Yeah. That's really, really good. And they tie it to like that. And they tie it to like feminism because women were in danger because all of these men are blackout yeah. drunk running around. And it was. Yeah. yeah. And it was the first time they could really like have that kind of activist presence because they were like, this is this is threatening our ability to fulfill our duties as women. Our children yeah. are unsafe. We are unsafe. Our homes are a mess. Like this is because they weren't saying like we want more rights and freedoms. They were saying we're not even we can't even maintain our homes because yeah. these guys are coming home wasted and hurting mm. us. It was a and political not cause a they could have yes. within their like sphere of actual influence that everyone supposedly was like you know, they're telling you a woman's place is in the home all the time. And then you're like, okay, well, something's going yes. on at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. So am I pro prohibition? Like, <laughs> this, I feel like I, like this podcast has already changed like a lot of well, my impressions. And then you just realize how, so I only got to watch the first episode of that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the fact that it was such a long period of time. So prohibition started uh, in 1920. It was, yeah, that's the 18th Amendment, through 1933. So Warren Harding was president. Prohibition had just gone into effect, so he didn't drink. Just kidding. (laughs) He totally drank. Uh, He voted for prohibition as a senator, but kept a fully stocked bar in the White House at all times. Of course. Cool. Yeah. Great. That's how all this stuff goes. Same with FDR. Repealed prohibition. He sort of ran on repealing prohibition. Um, And if it wasn't clear, I haven't covered every president in this period. On December 5th, 1933, when he when he signed the 21st Amendment, he said, I believe this would be a good time for a beer. 
Oh, that's a cute story. That is cute. He enjoyed drinking. He spent nights working with Churchill over drinks, loved to make a guest a martini. I mean, generally, it was, yeah, it was World War Two. Yeah, he could uh, handle his something. liquor. Yeah, right? he had to do something to distract. Nineteen thirty-three seems like it was just in time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great right. Depression, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so after dark, imagine the first four years of the depression. You're like, yeah, no money, yeah, no alcohol. Uh, What's going on? Yeah. What do you do? This fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite teetotaler from that period is um, there were a few of them. Is William Taft who didn't drink even though he weighed three hundred. 54 pounds. My goodness. Well, that's just healthy. Yeah. That's just looking out for your health and wellness. Yeah. I also read that Chester <laughs> Arthur gained so 40 pounds for the time. just from drinking. That it, it is. Oh, yeah. It well, he's the one that got stuck in a tub, right? There's no food uh, even. Yeah. Yes. You know what? I think William Toft is beautiful. This is the way <laughs> that he is. <laughs> so that takes us up to uh, 1945, and then we're going to jump back in with JFK. Yeah. Okay. JFK. I feel like he's kind of like a famous, famous for his use of drugs mm-hmm. and his um, handsomeness yeah. and yeah. his handsomeness. But what is actually what I've actually found interesting about him is that he's not as much of like a partier as I think people would have portrayed him as in terms of drinking and like his recreational use of drugs. He was really more of like a casual drinker. It seems like he wasn't like that obsessed with it. I feel like a similar relationship that I have with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is like, it's great. But like. You know, yeah. we ain't no, yeah. you know, Andrew Johnson. Yes. <laughs> like, I can make it to the job. Right. Um, <laughs> but he was a partier in the sense that he, like, cheated on his wife a lot and was, like, kind of always, like, hanging out with socialites. And there was actually one really interesting story regarding his marijuana use from that I found on Snopes. Oh. This is sort of, like, a famous anecdote. So this woman who he, was, who, who he was having an affair with, Mary Meyer, was friendly with the Washington Post editor named James Truitt. And Truett basically told this story that on one occasion, JFK and Mary Meyer smoked three joints. And Damn. then he said, no more. Suppose the Russians did something now. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Do you yeah. think that that's three funny. joints now then is like one joint yeah, now? I was thinking the same yeah. thing. Yeah. It's not like chemically As soon as I said, well, I was like, no, this isn't. But yeah. they decided yeah. they didn't know that they were like we want another one and yeah. another one. Well, that's why they would smoke yeah. like so much. So like I know yeah. I, when you smoke with an older person who hasn't smoked weed in a long time or like yeah. the type of aren't used to the type of weed that we smoke, mm-hmm. they get like so yeah. obliterated because yeah. they're like they're right. like Whoa. oh they have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Yes, my yeah. older like weed family members who uh-huh. are ba- my baby boomers that <laughs> love weed in my family always are like. This shit is crazy. Yes, yeah. exactly. I right. don't know what. <laughs> what is this? It's not every day. now. So another th- part of that anecdote is that he remarked during their like three joint sesh that we, that marijuana was much different from cocaine and that he promised to get some cocaine for them for a future tryst. Oh, that's nice of him. I that's know. Sweet. That's a perfect a tryst. Yeah. yeah. You hang out, you mm-hmm. go out, you go back to his place, you smoke three joints. He's like, next time I'll get some cocaine. You're like, Great to see it. Yeah. That, okay. That's pretty much the story. Okay, so that's that's it for his like recreational use yeah. um that I could Not really find. But um JFK had Addison's disease, which is a failure of your adrenal glands, and he actually originally had a fatal prognosis. The disease had a fatal prognosis until 1947, when they discovered that cortisone could actually treat it, which was similar, which is around the time that he was actually diagnosed. So he was consistently hospitalized for back and intestinal ailments. When he was a Massachusetts senator, he had recurring back pain, herniated disc. He had a spinal fusion oh surgery, which is like insane. Um, and generally, he would be very sick, like yeah. all the time during when he had like diplomatic 
meetings and and it was really like plagued him throughout his entire career um he had digestive issues and venereal disease and um okay. a fun fact is on the day of the Q of the bay of pigs um he needed penicillin to fight a little burning with occasional mucus oh, which oh is my god written in his Good medical Lord. record i really yes. hope jackie didn't have sex with him uh, after that, all that well apparently jackie was also part of some of this oh, medical use yes, so so the official records and this i found from the new york times said that he took painkillers anti-anxiety agents stimulants sleeping pills hormones to keep him alive with extra doses in times of stress and at some points he was taking at least eight medications per day and that the records show that some of the medications included codeine, Demerol, and methadone for pain, Ritalin, um, Mepromabate, and Librium for anxiety, barbiturates for sleep, thyroid hormone, and injections of a blood derivative Jeez. called gamma globulin to combat infection. Well, Every they, day. Yeah. Well, and what they would basically do, right, is like they would like take the drugs to like feel better, but then they'd be like down. So they'd need another drug to like pick them back up. Yeah. And then they couldn't fall asleep. So they needed another drug to put them back down. And it was just yeah. like this like cycle. And Exactly. It's really crazy. Yeah, it's like if it's literally like if your body couldn't really naturally do the like sleeping oh, yeah. and waking mm-hmm. cycle. It's They're, like they were putting themselves in it constantly. Insane. He's pretty much just like doing speed. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> well, which okay. can't be good for your like if you have intestinal issues. So I think he thought that this yeah. was like treating it. Yeah, okay, so, of course. So yeah, that yeah. was like that's all the stuff that's like in the official official record that like we know what he took and like what was in it. Okay. But then there was this at the at the time, there's this doctor named Dr. Mac Jacobson, Max Jacobson. He was nicknamed Dr. Feelgood. And he treated like lots of celebrities and JFK and Jackie were two of the celebrities. Other celebrities he treated were Lauren Bacall, Truman Capote, Judy Garland, Mickey Mantle, Liza Minnelli, Marilyn Monroe, Elvis Presley, Elizabeth Taylor, and many others who were like a bit more obscure. Yeah. And I didn't know if people wow. would know who they were. All, all famously devoid of any... Yeah. Substance. Yeah. 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 Right. So, so basically, he was this guy. He fled Nazi Germany and came to America. And the business he built was on like these shots that he would give to like healthy celebrities to basically like give so, them energy. And so they like, could a work like, like a fourteen-hour day. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they would like get a lot of pain from their strenuous days, mm-hmm. and also I think part of it was probably like it made them feel good. Like yeah, about, like drugs imagine, can like, make you feel good. Taking an Adderall. Yeah. It's like this is that times a million. Yeah. So. The treatments, according to Wikipedia, contained a mix of amphetamines, animal hormones, bone marrow, enzymes, human placenta, painkillers, steroids, and multivitamins. This was sort—I found this on Wikipedia, but it was sourced to a book. Wait, that's in the shot? Yeah. Oh. So he would get. So this doctor would make like c- concoctions of like random shit that he didn't even write down what was in it, yeah, cool. and he would just like inject all these people to like feel great. Oh my god. Yeah. Inject okay. the leader of the free world. Yeah. Okay. Wait. 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 So ah! it, it really. It really gets pretty crazy. So JFK met Jacobson in 1960, right before he debated Nixon. And that was when he got he got his first of these shots. So that's like the first time he ever tried it. Um, They were introduced by a New York business businessman named Chuck Spaulding, who was quoted as talking about this doctor saying Max was a strange man, loud, arrogant, kind of a mad scientist type. Cool. Um, In 1961, he he started treating JFK every day, would fly on Air Force One with him. He had a code name, which was Mrs. Dunn. And no one knows, still no one knows like what was in the shots because he destroyed the records and he didn't even really like take notes. He would just like make random shit. Because he was probably on it himself. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) So, so the Secret Service, Robert F. Kennedy 
and JFK's other doctors were like super thought this was like really sketchy. Oh, really? They were like, what the hell? The, um, there's a secret service agent named Larry Newman who told the historian Seymour Hirsch that Dr. Max Jacobson was the bat wing and chicken blood doctor. So, oh my like, God. <laughs> like that sounds insane. Yeah. 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 As attorney general, RFK actually sent a bottle of Jacobson's stuff like what that he could find to the FBI so that they can analyze it, but they didn't have enough. So they weren't able to like really tell what was in it. I wonder if they could now. They probably could. I bet you they could. Yeah, but, like, if they got to get. I, they would none. have to have. Anyone got to, one like, of those shots? I know they'd have to like exude his body. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, JFK didn't care because he was like, it works yeah. and I'm good. Mm-hmm. But his doctors. So one of his um, surgeons in New York told Kennedy that no president with his finger on the red button has any business taking stuff like that. That doctor actually threatened to expose mm. that he was getting these shots from this doctor if he kept doing it. Um, but he still kept doing it. And then eventually, I mean, JFK was assassinated. And so that never really came to fruition. But eventually this doctor um, was had a big expose in the New York Times in 1972. Mm. And because... They were saying that he was like hooking patients on speed and mixing things that you should like never mix together. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he lost his medical license in 1975 and died four years later. And was with JFK every day for a period. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So that is crazy. That is crazy. So JFK was like consistently on something. Something. Yeah. And we still don't even really know what. Yeah. But it wasn't the interesting thing that I thought is that like it seemed to be with all the people that Amanda that you spoke about. That they were like doing this kind of for fun. Yeah. And yeah. that JFK was just kind of like, it wasn't really fun. It was right. like to keep him going. Right. Yeah. Like he was a very the, sick right. person yeah. who got wrapped up. Right. In, like, yeah. I don't know. And I feel like if you're a person who's taking nine different medications a day from doctors and some other guys like, yeah, I could inject you with this weird thing every day. And you're kind of just like, yeah, whatever works, man. Yeah. Like, And you have, I'm sure, the schedule and the pressures that he yeah. has. And, and like, it doesn't make you feel bad. Well, the reason that he would fly with him places is because he would need him like to get through a meeting. Like if he had a right, meeting with right, like, right, right. like literally he was meeting with the Russians yeah. Yeah. and he would need to get shot up during them so that he could like get through so that his back wouldn't hurt. That is crazy. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, you take medication generally to treat symptoms. And he had, and there's different meds for different symptoms. And he had so many symptoms. Right. It's just interesting because it was was for a legitimate reason. Like it was for pain, but it's unclear if it was affecting his mind really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like like it must have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, isn't there evidence that Jackie liked the shots too? She was, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Jacobson would inject her too. Wow. And And I thought she was like such a fun socialite because she'd be like, yeah. 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 And I think afterwards they like went, she like helped go to lengths to make sure it wasn't uncovered or something. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because that's it, embarrassing, especially for yeah. her. Right. Because yeah. she's like yeah. this like really quaint, like, pers- like perfect yeah. first lady. Yeah. yeah. So. That, his reading about that stuff is what made me want to look into all of this because it's like the people. Yeah. It's that, so crazy. But that, I wonder if some of um, the previous people, if like they had had these shots available, it seems yeah. like they probably would have done oh, them too. Yeah. yeah. It just yeah. seems like yeah. they were self medicating with alcohol. Yeah. Totally, totally, yeah. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. 
Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Next. Yeah, so after JFK was famously assassinated, we had Lyndon B. Johnson, who was the vice president at the time he became president. And so Lyndon Johnson was apparently the most vulgar and obscene man. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> everyone thought he was just like kind of disgusting, and I'll give you some examples, but he was able to get away with it because he was very like personable. People liked him, but he was like that uh-huh. crazy friend that everyone was like, "Oh, Lyndon, you just <laughs> took a shit on the White House lawn, yeah. <laughs> like that kind That's of stuff." Lyndon. And so, because he was very good friends with dirt, like prominent journalists, uh, Catherine Graham, who was the owner of the Washington Post, and according to um, his biographers and uh, her own memoir, like they just didn't report on the crazy shit that he would do or say because they were just like, "Oh, we like him. It's fine. It's just Lyndon." Do you think he'd be canceled? Most definitely. Yeah. Apparently, he loved to use the N word. He oh, used God. it a lot. Oh, yeah, then that's um, okay. Do you see that movie with LBJ with Brian Cranston? He was like gross. Yeah, yeah. he would yeah. like he would like show his dick to people oh, as no. like a power move. So he's like Louis C.K. Because yes. he like he would like he would like turn around and like his dick would be out. <laughs> if Louis C.K. Oh. said the N word and like well, Louis C.K. has said the N word yeah. <laughs> in, in yeah. clips on television. So um, it's like having Louis C.K. Like Louis C.K. <laughs> One time, a he urinated right in front of a reporter. He just like took his dick out and like pissed on the lawn. Um, another time, Arthur Goldschmidt, who was a United Nations official, 
um, was in the Oval Office with Johnson, and suddenly he was having a conversation. Lyndon B. Johnson just started taking a crap, shaved, showered, and just talked throughout the entire thing. They showed that in the movie. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, With the door open, he'd be just like shitting. (laughs) This is very vulgar. I'm sorry. (laughs) Apparently, he told a reporter that... um, he was, he was he told him that subsequent White House economic policies were, quote, the worst thing that's ever happened to this country since pantyhose ruined finger fucking. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, wow. What? Yeah. Those are the words? Wow. Yeah, that was a direct quote from. They said, uh, I wish you know, said finger banging. Finger fucking. And so, and he also told his doctor. Um, right after he had a very uh, had a serious heart attack, that the only things he enjoyed in life were whiskey, sunshine, and sex. Mm-hmm. Which I is mean, like, you know, that's pretty great. It's when like, you said yeah. this is very vulgar, I was like, Brian's such a prude. We've heard it all, and I was like, Brian. <laughs> like, <laughs> if that was beyond what I thought. Yeah. But once again, I, I am like, feeling escalate off. Take a shit on the wall. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am feeling more like, okay, the news has always been crazy. The reporters just yeah, weren't yeah, reporting. Yeah. yeah, like we've had. Fully batshit insane. It seems like like Donald Trump's in. It seems like they were all batshit insane. I think you have to have that in you. That's why I feel like it was like a lot of the guys I looked into. It's it's nice and also annoying to say guys, and it actually does apply to everything. Yeah, like they either had binge drank or didn't drink at all, and I think that's a personality type. Like Mm -hmm. people that don't drink. Be- well, it's not a personality. People can choose to Extremists. stop drinking for a lot of people, but but the type of people that want to become president tend to be extreme in one way or another. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and then comes and then comes the yeah. drinking. You know, the yeah. whiskey, sunshine, and sex. Um, so this is according to uh, his special assistant for domestic affairs. Uh, he would ride around with in his Texas ranch. Uh, I guess I. And what's funny is I immediately went to golf carts. Because yeah. of like, you know, Donald Trump. But yeah. I, now that I'm thinking about it, they're probably, probably like a horse. Yeah. Anyways. Puking um, in the horse's mane. Yeah. So, yeah. so he said, as we drove around, we were followed by a car and a station wagon with secret service agents. The president drinks uh, Cuddy, Sark, Scotch, and soda out of a large white plastic foam cup. Like a little like Will Wayne. And then so periodically, Johnson would slow down and just hold his left arm outside the car, shaking the cup in ice. A Secret Service agent would run up to the car, take the cup back, go back to the station wagon. Then another agent would refill the ice with scotch and soda. And then the other agent would trot back and give it back to him. Dickhead. Power cool. move. It's a yeah, power yes. move. Um, Can you just, just imagine? Just like shitting on the lawn. Yeah. Can you just move. imagine if any of the Democratic candidates right now had stories any shade of this. I know. Like, any they would have to resign from their current existence. Pete they would Buttigieg have to could cancel no longer themselves. be the mayor yeah. of yeah. South Bend. They'd have and to cancel themselves. Yeah. Yes. So this was all taking place, you know, like during this like Mad Men era where basically yeah. everyone was just constantly drinking. Um, and then it, it became Richard Nixon. It, came, it went to Richard Nixon. Yeah. This man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was reading about him and just like, like, sh- like, holy shit the entire time. So let me just really dive into it. So Richard Nixon, he was under an insane amount of pressure when he went into the office. You know, there was the war in Vietnam, you know, all this stuff. This was even like before Watergate. You know, there was a secret bombing and invasion of Cambodia. There was like protests, deaths by student protesters, et cetera, et cetera. So Richard Nixon was already someone who was like 
uh, like self pitying and sad and like like it was like oh, what was me? Yeah. Well, um, I, I ran for president and won yeah. and now I have to do it. So <laughs> he would and he was also had insomnia. So he would take this pill called uh, Dilantin. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, it's an anti seizure pill, but apparently it also treats bipolar disorder and just like makes you really tired. So he would okay. always be taking this. And it's what's interesting is when you listen to those White House tapes, you can actually hear like glass clinkling in mm. a, a cup. And because he was on this pill, he would get drunk very quickly. So his former press secretary said he could never handle liquor and you had to be very careful with him about that. And then his former speechwriter would said, uh, Ray Price said, a beer and a sleeping pill and Nixon began to mumble. Two drinks and his voice would become slurred. He would reminisce and open himself up. Like he would just like... He was so sad and like morose that he would like get drunk and then just be like, oh, he's a, like, sad drunk. He's a lightweight. He was yeah. a, he was a lightweight sad because drunk. of this pill. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it's like an ambient. Yeah, exactly. So he was on a private jet during his 1968 campaign where he had downed a quick scotch or two and then he started crying to his aides talking about his parents and his two brothers who died in their youth. And he said, people just don't know me. Um, Am I feeling bad for him? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so then, then in 1969, North Korea shot down a U.S. spy plane. And so Nixon was drunk and angry. And he ordered a tactical nuclear strike and told the Joint Chiefs of Staff to recommend targets. And then so according to historians, uh, citing the uh, CIA's top Vietnam specialist at the time, George Carver, Henry Kissinger, who was the um, Secretary of State, spoke to the military commanders on the phone after he ordered that and they're like let's not let's just not do anything until nixon's sober in the morning good idea oh that sends a shiver down my spine oh my god it's like soul yeah yeah just wait for him to forget about it so 1970 then 1970 happens so this is still two years before watergate yeah. Um, 1970. So this is when he had all that Vietnam demonstrations we happening, and uh, you know, and a lot of this is coming from an excerpt on Politico from Richard Nixon: The Life by John A. Farrell. So in April 1970, during the uh, Apollo 13 situation, an oxygen tank exploded, and so the astronauts were lives were in jeopardy. The country was kind of freaking out because everyone loved astronauts at this time. I yes. mean, we still love our yeah. astronauts, but you know what I mean. It was like all like spaceman and shit. Yeah. Space race was still like yeah a thing, um, and so he was very anxious, and he was r- worried that they would suffocate in space, and Earth could listen in. So they were like, he was like scared that the Earth, like the people watching, would like listen to them die. So he was very tense, and he was relieved when he found out that they were heroes were able to return safely, and he had celebratory drinks. But then he fell asleep by three p.m. because so, he was hammered, and his chief of staff noted. That he was snoring, his Haldeman. <laughs> so Secretary of State Henry Kissinger, you know, eventually he noticed that Nixon's trouble was like that even a small amount of drink would set him off. And so late nights of m- military action were made like quite common. Uh, and so there was this whole time when he was go- ordering the bombing of Cambodia and... Uh, <laughs> He was very stressed out, so he decided he was he would, you know, make himself feel better by going on a cocktail cruise uh, on the White House yacht, um, and he w- was watching Patton. Oh, and uh, he was with his best friend and his aides, and they were 
out on the the fair the yacht and they approached Mount Vernon and he was like everyone shush 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 let's blast the national anthem and apparently he like fist pumped like yeah America <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh my god yeah so that was May 1st and then on May 8th he's he's really going through it yeah this is a bender yeah he woke at 4 a.m. he woke up his valet uh Manola Sanchez to go to the Lincoln Memorial because that's where a lot of the anti-Vietnam demonstrators would like meet before they yes. like organized and whatever. Um, so he basically just left the White House, didn't tell anyone with his valet driver. The Secret Service see it and apparently they said, Searchlight is on the lawn, which was his like Secret Service code name. Um, and then Nixon would later say, he said, I've never seen the Secret Service quite so petrified with apprehension. And he thought it was like funny. Um, so yeah, he's trying to talk to the guys at the, the demonstrators at the Lincoln Memorial. He's trying to like connect with them to like, be like, you know, like college football. Um, <laughs> and they're like, we're willing to die for what we believe in. He's like, well, I'm trying to make it so you don't have to die for what you believe in. Like, et cetera, et cetera. Is this on tape anywhere? No, uh. but they basically, okay, boomered him and we're yeah. like, okay, pff, like fuck off. <laughs> yeah. And so he was like kind of sad about it. And actually they kind of like look back and say that was like one of his like most shameful days because... Oh. He was then like, okay, Sanchez, which is his valley driver, let's go check out my old vice presidential office in the Capitol. What? So then they start leaving. This me, is this not a movie? Like a this yeah. is so comedy. This is all the same morning. Nixon driving around. Have the people he talked to ever been like, I'm one of the people that talked to Nixon? Yeah, there's like night. pictures of him on the memorial. Wow. Like someone saw him. And then so he tried to show Sanchez the Senate in his old vice presidential office. But the doors were locked, so he took him to the House chamber instead and made him stand on the podium where the speaker stands and give a speech. And then Nixon like applauded him and was like, yeah, that was an amazing <laughs> speech. This, this is an amazing this film. This is so weird. And then so he, weird. as he was leaving... He basically like kidnapped that guy. <laughs> I mean, and all of his aides are like scrambling, yeah. trying to keep up with him. I feel like this is like a story of like a princess who like escapes the castle. Yeah. And like yeah. chasing Nixon. Yeah. Basically. In so, this Disney story, they fall in love. Yeah. 100%. Yes. The two of them. <laughs> so then on his way out of, you know, that, um, they ran into a cleaning lady who recognized him and she was like, will you sign my Bible? <laughs> and he was like, of course. And then he like emotionally like took her hand, holding her hand and he said, you know, my mother was a saint. She died two years ago. She was a saint. Oh you be a saint too. And he was like crying. So, so was he, he woke up in the middle of the night. So he was probably under the influence. Had he drank before? Go I think he drank every he night. Was right? He was oh, drunk okay. all the time and always on these. And pills, took those basically. pills. So he, okay. He was drunk off like one drink all the time. Yeah. yeah. So like he would be, and he would like take, have one or two scotches and just be like, my, my, my parent, my mom's like that. Like she can't, oh, she it's can't so inconvenient um, to be at a yeah. war when you can't, don't I, have any yeah. tolerance. Oh, so okay, so eventually his staff caught up with him, mm -hmm. and they were like, and he was like, guys, relax, let's go grab breakfast. Yeah, it'll be fine. So apparently, they, IHOP is open. They <laughs> went to this place called the Mayflower Hotel where he used to go when he was younger, and then so they, was, he was like, okay, let's walk back to the White House, and he, they were like, um, it's like nine a.m., nine ten a.m. There's protesters everywhere. Um, you're the president, and like people are out and about. Yeah, and they had to be like, he was like basically that drunk dude was like, no, I'm fine. Leave it. I'm fine. Leave me alone. I'm fine. And they had to like push him into a car because he really wanted to walk home. And that's so crazy when you think about like it was two presidents ago that Kennedy was assassinated. Like this is not yeah. even there isn't even like a long period of time between. Yeah. Like when a president was most recently assassinated. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right. And he's just like walking around yeah. <laughs> at 4 a.m. Yeah. So talking to people. It keeps going. Flash, flash forward to uh, 1973. Um, these There's transcripts of Secretary of State Henry Kissinger's telephone conversations from someone from the uh, British Prime Minister's office. So there was the Yom Kippur War between Israel and Egypt. It was happening in 10 Downing Street, the office of the uh, British Prime Minister, called the White House to inquire if they could speak with Nixon about the Middle East. Apparently, Kissinger said to a colleague... When I talked to the president, he was loaded. And so they were like, no, he can't call you. It was 8 o'clock in the afternoon. 8 p.m. <laughs> and 8 p.m. Okay. At night. And they How couldn't late talk do you stay him. up, Brian? It was 8 in the afternoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, and then, eight the afternoon. you know, eventually he installs the Watergate tapes mm. um, and the tapes, like, you know, that were basically all used against him. And so I, we actually have a clip of Nixon speaking and so this was right after he had given a speech about watergate and was like upset he's like he was like talking to i forget another cabinet member and he's like no one from the cabinet is calling me like to see what's happening but that was because he didn't know that like his assistants or his aides had turned off the phone to him because he was drunk so he makes a call here is that call no, 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 they know, they know, they know who to call, you know, they know they can get through. But in any event, I just want you to know that Cap called and he was all the way. Good. But let me say, you're a strong man, God damn it, and I love you. <laughs> I don't know whether you can call and get any reactions and call me back, you know, like the old style, would you mind? I don't think I can, I don't... I don't no, I agree, I don't, don't, spot don't, trying to do don't call a goddamn soul, the hell with it. Let me just say, bless you, boy. Okay. God bless you. I love you, you, you know. Okay. Like my brother. And we'll All right, boy. On and up from Keep here. the faith. So he no. was just that drunk guy. I was like, I love oh, yeah. you, man. He's I love you. I think kind of, uh, there's a sweetness to yeah, being I know, that I guy. really feel He's kind of bad. Like, I know. You're a strong man. You're a strong, Did strong boy. Did he just boy. say, call me? And the guy was like, no. And he was like, I know you can't. Well, no, yeah. he, was like, he was like, call. can you call the other cabinet members? Because oh. I don't know why they're not calling me. He's like, I really don't think I, could, I can call them. He's like, no, you can't call them. You okay. can't yeah. call them. He goes, don't call a goddamn <laughs> <soul."> <laughs> That's like really I really fucking. Sad. I honestly think Nixon had really low self esteem. Yeah. yeah, like I think that's why he installed all these recorders so that he would yeah. think because he was like paranoid about people talking about him. He would get really sad anytime he got drunk. I feel like those are all just signs of like undiagnosed yeah. depression. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and low self esteem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Nixon resigns. Also, his uh, vice president had resigned before that because he was a criminal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gerald Ford became president, who actually was the one person who has never been elected to become president because he was never, you know I what I mean? He was, oh, like, yeah, yeah. he was in a confirm, which I thought was interesting. So he was he was one of those guys that had the three martini lunches. Um, he wasn't like a crazy drinker, but his wife famously was a drug addict and alcoholic and she started the Betty Ford Clinic yeah, We years talked later. about that in our First Ladies yeah. series oh. uh, a long time ago. But Betty Ford did uh, yeah. really cool, awesome yeah, she work. Was, I remember, yeah, I remember that. She you, was amazing. I did were, her. You were Betty Ford, yeah, right? She was like, yeah, I was like reading about her. I was like, she's like fucking Ford cool. Ford historian. Yeah. yeah. If you want to scroll back and listen to our President's Day episode, it was about First Ladies. Yeah. Yeah. It's on, it's still in our Instagram in highlights under podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then so. The first Jim, one. Yeah. So Jimmy Carter was not much of a drinker. Um, he actually emptied the White House of liquor and spirits. Fun. Um, but he would 
also he actually campaigned against like the three martini lunch like he would be like it's bad um ronald reagan don't get drunk at lunch jimmy yeah. carter <laughs> <laughs> ronald reagan signed the national minimum age drinking age bill um he would only have one screwdriver and then cut himself off he would also just wow. like he would like be out and say he would be drinking but instead he would just like pour out his drink and then like pretend that he was drinking that is so reagan that is yeah. for, that's, that's so weird, that's so weird. Yeah. just like just admit you're not drinking number two but i will yeah. say that I, I do think it takes a lot of discipline to have only one screwdriver. I know. Like, I if agree. I'm having a screwdriver, I'm like, it's on. So not, oh, I think, you know? Yeah, I think you said this about Reagan, too, and I read it about Johnson, too, where at like White House entertaining things, they would have their drinks made weaker so they yeah. could have like a clear. Uh, I mean, no. that's probably for the best. I have to do that generally. Like, I only drink wine spritzers out because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. I like, can't. Because I love. Because yeah. I'm such a glutton. I love yeah. like drinking things. Yes. I get, yeah. I feel um, you. Yeah. And then HW, he didn't really drink very much either. But I'm sure we'll talk about his son. Yeah. Yes. In a little bit. Wow. Elise's turn. It's on to me. I'm talking about the modern presidents, the one that most, yeah. the ones that most of our listeners overlapped with in their lifetime. So the way I kind of broke this up is to talk about. It's pretty marijuana focused for a lot of them, Love and it. then I'm going to talk about so what they've I. said about their lives, and then like whether that was reflected in their administration, which like it wasn't. Just right. <laughs> spoiler alert: it's yeah. not. Okay, we got to start with Bill Clinton, and I feel like. Bill Clinton has one of the most famous drug moments of all time. You have probably heard it. Um, on March 29th, 1992, Bill Clinton was at a candidates forum where he was asked about past drug use. And um, basically, he admitted to having smoked pot in Oxford as a Rhodes Scholar. And oh I believe God. we have the clip. Very important classic clip that we must play. When I was in England, I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it, and didn't inhale, and never tried it again. <laughs> there you go. How did How he know, know he didn't yeah. like it if he didn't, he didn't inhale? inhale. Exactly. Uh -huh. it, it's a. Uh, it contradicts itself. Yeah. Within its own right. thing. Yeah. But like, don't say, he's better off saying nothing because even like the people who s smoke weed are like, oh, that's fucking lame. Right, and right. the people who don't smoke weed, he's like, <laughs> you're lying. He smoked weed. That's like, what I, I, was everybody. Like, I was yeah. like, so you wasted my weed, yeah. dude? Like, yeah. just say you don't want to smoke. Like, yeah. I'm not going to make you smoke, but don't pretend to smoke my joint when I, my right. little weak, weird joint that I yeah. can't. <laughs> my Oxford Rhodes Scholar joint. joint. Yeah. And so, they famously, I feel like they mostly smoke hash. In yeah, yeah. Really? yeah. So it, none of it adds up. Yeah. And Bill Clinton was obviously lying. <laughs> yeah, so he, was. he obviously smoked. I mean, anyone who's seen that one cool picture of Hillary at Wellesley, where she's got like yeah. the pants, knows uh -huh. that they were smoking. Yeah, yeah. obviously. That photo, I, lo I love. I love that mm -hmm. photo. And I don't somewhere? know why I think like I just imagine him like making like a bong out of his saxophone. Oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> like for sure. Of course. He definitely was like uh, passed as a rat. I would be surprised if he had like a phase where he smoked heavily. Yeah. yeah. One look at both of their haircuts. And you're like, yeah. these people smoked That's what weed. Happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> this is something that I thought was funny. Uh, Johnny Carson's joke for that day when um, Clinton said, I didn't inhale, was. <laughs> That's the trouble with Democrats. Even when they do something wrong, they don't do it right. <laughs> I was that's like, so that's fun. a good one, Johnny. Yeah, that's really funny. That's that a good still, one, Johnny. Applies. We're having fun. Um, yeah. So Bill Clinton was kind of the first president to publicly be like, I have dabbled in marijuana use. This was not at all reflected 
in the policies yeah. <laughs> that were put forth by his administration. So um, during his time in office, the um, so the Office of National Drug Control Policy had been established under Reagan in 1988. And um, this the director of that is typically known as like the drug czar. Right. So actually it... it established in 88 but it was implemented in 89 under george w bush and basically it was like it was a position that was kind of in charge of creating like national anti-drug campaigns and michael like michael douglas in traffic michael, That's who I think michael douglas in traffic i think that maybe jared kushner has that job in some capacity yeah. now i'm not sure he's the i think he's or mick mulvane one of the people who has multiple jobs yeah. right now is also the drug czar it seems uh, like drugs are should be a more fun position than it is. Yeah. 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 It should. It and should. I, yeah. Also, why czar? Czar. I know. It's so odd. I don't know it's why some positions are transportation It's like czar. you win the Cold War. You're like, we're going to take that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that is, it and is interesting. Just, just for drugs. Yes. Why are drugs. some positions czar? I have no idea. Okay. It's bizarre. I don't know. Bizarre. Exactly. Bizarre. Um, so Bill Clinton actually raised this job to a cabinet level position in 1993. Um, and in 1994, they came out with the very infamous crime bill. We heard a lot about this in 2016. We continue to hear a lot about it as like we're trying to relook at our criminal justice system. You can talk to Kim Kardashian all about it. She's an expert. But yeah. um, <laughs> So this basically this bill was called the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act of 1994. And it was mostly focused on like violent crime, quote unquote. But it it account it caused called a lot of things violent crime. So like right, a robbery right. is a violent crime, even if like nothing violent actually happened. And they um, they also included like drug crimes in that. So with that, that led to a lot of over-incarceration, as we've talked about, um, and this mandated life sentences for three-strike provisions. So this led to a lot of people who caught with weed three times, you're in prison for your life, you know? like. So is this where the concept of mandatory minimums started? Yeah. This is where I don't it know if it's where it started, but it this... It, they put in place a lot of mandatory minimums here. Um, basically, it provided funding for thousands of police officers and also drug courts so that they could like process through all these drug cases like fast which as we've seen with a lot of these immigration cases and stuff when you're setting up courts and just trying to like plow people through them not yeah. all the best outcomes especially when those people are low-income people who don't have access to good lawyers and right. all of that stuff um it banned certain assault weapons which you know what pro I'll, yeah. I'll say we can keep that part um, and then it mandated life sentences for criminals convicted of a violent felony after two or more prior convictions, and this included drug crimes. So this was how a lot of people for kind of low-level drug crimes ended up getting put away for extremely long amount of time, potentially life sentences. Yeah. So, And it's just interesting to think about that coming it's from shocking. a president who admitted to trying weed but obviously he's like it's like okay well then you've associated with people who have smoked marijuana do you think they should be in prison for their life for their yeah. life no okay 
So now I will go to George W. Bush, who was was I would say he's the millennial party president. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's he I, definitely partied hardcore. I had a tough time looking up anything for George H. W. Bush yeah. because there was just so much about George W. Yeah, Bush. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's famously the president that people wanted to have a beer with, and uh-huh. that's because seems like he was actually fun to have a beer with. Um, so he did have a Ask religious. Ellen generous. Yeah. 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 Well, he had a religious awakening in his 40s and has become a teetotaler ever since. So he did not drink after his 40s. But before that, when he was living it up in Houston as a young man, he was partying. He reportedly drank and did cocaine at a popular nightclub called Milieu (laughs) in the Houston area. Um, I like that we can like place him at a club. I wonder yes, if they, yes. Yeah. it's like this is the club yeah. where he parties. I wonder if they are at the Malou, they had a Ulysses S. Grant special where they had wine with cocaine. To yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And a horse outside and you can vomit in its mane. Yes. Um, <laughs> so um, this guy, J.H. Hatfield, also wrote a controversial Bush biography called Fortunate Son. And in that, he alleges that Bush was actually arrested for cocaine possession. I've heard that actually. Yeah, I've always heard that that was true and I think this comes from that book. Yeah. Um, but it's apparently still just an allegation from the book that's like it controversial. It seems like something that can that's be confirmed. Of, right? But, yeah. but not if your dad's the governor of Texas. Oh yeah. Whitewashing right. the, their exactly. record. It's like if your dad's that's the governor true. of Texas just maybe arrested, you can yeah. get, get that, that Yeah, get that mugshot taken out of the system there. But this, okay, so this made me laugh. In a 2005 leaked audio conversation, th- there's a, this conversation Bush had with an aide. I couldn't, there, I don't think there's like actual audio of it. There's like transcription of a supposed audio. But um, it's a conversation Bush is having with an aide. And he's basically talking about like how he's going to answer questions about drugs. Mm-hmm. And he says that he wouldn't answer the marijuana question. Uh, because and he says the same thing about cocaine because he didn't want kids to a kid to say President Bush has tried marijuana. I think I will. <laughs> Which I love the idea of being or like just with anything being like, man, I wasn't gonna get addicted to cocaine, but yeah. then I saw that <laughs> President George W. Bush and uh, he's just so <laughs> effective. Yeah, like kids I- always trying to be just like. George W. Mm-hmm. Bush. Famously popular with the youth. Yeah. Right? Remember right. how much teens loved George W. Bush <laughs> in yeah. 2005? Especially after Kanye started the beef then. Yeah. Exactly. We're team George. Exactly. Um, yeah. But apparently something happened on his 40, on or around his 40th birthday. Unclear what that made him have like a literal come to Jesus yeah. where he came to Jesus and then cut off his substance use but that's interesting i wonder what the thing was i know i i did read one place that he like sort of kind of privately does has referred to himself as like a recovering alcoholic or somebody who doesn't know he is because yeah. i, I he think is. something i think something happened in like and his wife was like you need to stop yeah it. yeah or that was advice yeah. oh, no yeah. that was about dick cheney that he no. yeah oh, i feel I like having there was <laughs> I mean, maybe there was like an intervention, like something or clearly happened. Something like- happened that freaked him out enough that he, one, became super religious and two, gave up all alcohol and drugs. So At least I feel like, I mean, he doesn't own all of it. He doesn't own the weed part, but that he's like, well, oh, I just never had a taste for it. He's like, maybe that's it wasn't good. his thing. Honestly, like, I think that some people, I think that people are typically attracted to like one type of substance. Yeah. yeah. And I think that he probably like just wasn't that into it. 
into yeah, maybe weed. it made oh, him yeah. anxious. Right, like, right. Yeah. I have a lot of friends like, who are like, people, it just makes me anxious. Or they're drinkers, but they don't like something yes. else. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. he probably totally. just like loved alcohol and like wasn't right, that into the other right. stuff. Now we get to Obama Yay. and this one. This one's just fun. Yes. Um, sit in this moment of Obama. Uh, I know. <laughs> if Obama did any of the things that the presidents that Amanda read, could you fucking imagine? Oh, God. It's <laughs> no. But you know what? The man did party. So let's talk about Obama, so this is this is known to all. This is in his biographies. It's an open secret that um, when Obama was a teen at Hawaii's Punahou School, he was a part of a group of friends called the Chum Gang. <laughs> that was known for their this. heavy smoking of marijuana. Uh, They're the Chum Gang. Yeah. Um, he also thanked his drug dealer, Ray, in his yearbook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was into it. Which is, again... That's my drug dealer's name, too. Another lesson that yearbooks used to be lawless. Yeah. <laughs> there's no... You, uh-huh. uh, there's no rules uh-huh. about what you could put in mm-hmm. the yearbook up until 2003. Like, I don't yeah. understand when it became that you couldn't just be like, I love weed in your yearbook and like it's okay. <laughs> Like, I'm having sex. It's like, what? I don't know what's happening. So anyway, he he thanked his drug dealer Ray in his yearbook. Uh, Did he say drug dealer Ray or just Ray? I I don't have the quote in front of me. My guess would be that it's Ray, but everyone knew. Ray Ray's pizza. Yeah. Ray was like Ray's the gang Ray, dealer. Yeah. Exactly. That Ray okay. was probably the whole school's dealer. Like, right, you're right. Whatever. Like, it was like a code. I mean, like Brett Kavanaugh being like Devil's Triangle or whatever. Like, right. it's a code. Everyone knows. Yeah. But it is known that Ray was the drug dealer of the school and that Obama was a part of the Chum gang. In his, <laughs> in his second memoir, Dreams from My Father, um, he said that he did drug. He he talks about his relationship with drugs. He said he did drugs to take his mind off of his strained relationship with his father because his father lived in Kenya, um, and that and this is a direct quote: "Pot had helped and booze, maybe a little blow when you could afford it." Relatable. Oh. So he's talked about all of that. Yeah, exactly. One hundred percent relatable. Um, and then in uh, David Moranis's book about Obama called "The Story." Uh, <laughs> Obama's friends, I guess, told him that a young Obama popularized a smoking trend known as TA, short for total absorption. <laughs> which, which what? I love. Yeah. And something called roof hits, where the group would smoke with all the car windows up to not let any smoke escape. Of hot course, boxing? that's hot boxing. Mm-hmm. What did they call what, it? What was roof TA? Hits. Oh. TA is total absorption. But what does that do? What I do you think do? It, so it didn't say, but my guess would be holding it in Until, for a really, really or, long time. Or just never oh. letting it out. Um, and oh, then so that like makes sense. No yeah. exhaling. Total absorption. Yeah. Bill Clinton didn't inhale, and Obama didn't exhale. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually like Obama thing to give it a title, and it's called Total, Total Absorption. Absorption. And then this, okay, so this Total is my reset. favorite. Yeah. Obama was also known to cut into other people's turn when a joint was being passed around by yelling interception. <laughs> oh, my God. He's so, so I cool. Love it. I love That's fun. Do you think Sasha and Malia is my name? Yes. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you Malia, can, definitely. Weed yeah. is legal-ish in D.C., right? You can like buy flowers I'm online sure and they'll give you weed. So you can't um, sell it. You can't sell it, oh, but right. like you get it. You can buy other things and then the weed comes as a gift. Right. Yeah. That's oh, what it's, I've it's heard very of that. interesting. Yeah. But also Malia is at Harvard now yeah. where it is legal in Massachusetts. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? 
So yeah, Malia's definitely smoking. Sasha, definitely I don't know where she's at. I'm sure she's tried it. She's going to Michigan. Is it? I think Michigan's either. It's on, on the his, list or it's, it's happening. On, yeah, yeah I, I keep forgetting like who's done it or who's just because done. they're not compatible with states that are like blue or red. Yeah, which I feel like says a lot about hypocrisy and politics. Yes. Like fucking yeah. Utah has it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But we don't. Right. Um, OK, so here <laughs> there's another story that Obama once told on the campaign trail about getting kicked out of Disneyland <laughs> <laughs> with some friends for, quote unquote, smoking on the gondolas, which he said was about cigarettes. But only after everyone was like, oh, my God. And he was like, no, no, it was cigarettes, you guys. And then it. I, in my mind, in my heart, yeah. canon, they were smoking weed on the gondolas at yeah. Disneyland and Absolutely. we're asked to leave. And I have one quote from him on the campaign trail, which I think sums up his attitude versus um, one of his predecessors. Look, I, you know, I, uh, when I was a kid, I, I, uh, I inhaled uh, frequently. <laughs> that, was, uh, that, was, that was the point. <laughs> oh, I think that sums up Obama <clears throat> and weed. Going on to his drug policy, it w- he kind of waffled back and forth about different things. Like he would, he said he was, he never came out in favor of legal- legalization ever. And there were times where he came out very hard against legalization. Um, so, you know, it was kind of, he would go back and forth. It was kind of one of those issues where he never really took a hard stance on it. The one thing he did do is he stopped allowing like the federal government was no longer going to interfere with state laws. Mm -hmm. So before it was like California could legalize marijuana, but could they really, because the federal government still had it illegal, which is still the case now, but under Obama, they kind of put in this policy of like, yeah, we're actually not going to mess with these state laws. And for the most part, Trump's kept that up, which is kind of interesting. Jeff Sessions tried to mess with it because he's like, a confederate ghost I've, yeah <laughs> like, but. he literally is i've heard um trump is kind of interested in legalizing marijuana i don't know it could be like how he's interested in background be checks. Like when yeah. he says that and then he's like oh shit i didn't know that yeah. my base he doesn't know he doesn't have he's his own not. philosophy he so. literally just one of the weird actual like old school republicans who's in his office has to tell him not to and then he won't yeah. do it but i think he on his own Definitely doesn't care, doesn't care like about base marijuana. Definitely smokes weed, right? And I feel like his True. base doesn't care either. Yeah, it's like and the evangelicals it's, who care. I read this. True. Did you send me this? That he has meetings about vaping every oh, yeah. day. That there's okay. The White House is having like a daily vaping meeting. Apparently, every day. Like, cool. like, what are we gonna do about vaping? I have like, a daily vaping meeting. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's like what they do. Yeah. Uh. Um, and then okay, so. One last thing about Obama. In August of 2010, Obama signed the Fair Sentencing Act into law that dramatically reduced 100 to 1 the sentencing disparity between powder and crack cocaine, uh, which obviously disproportionately affected minorities. And since they're the same thing, it's like there was no reason for that. Real quickly, I'm going to tell you guys about our current president, Donald J. Trump, who does not drink. Um, He was very sanctimonious about it. He does not drink. He says he has never had a glass of alcohol. He has never had a beer. I looked into this because obviously him saying something does not necessarily mean that it correlates to an actual true fact that's yeah. in the earth. What I found is that that appears to be true. There are some like bartenders like around New York who are like, no, nah, I served I served Donald Trump a beer. But it's like, yeah. I don't know if that's just like Johnny Sachs from Sachs yeah. Bar yeah. saying whatever the fuck. 
Um, well, I think that he, um, his brother was, his older brother yes. was an alcoholic and died of alcoholism. Yes. So I think that he, A, was genuinely like a little bit afraid of it. And B, I suspect that he just doesn't like the taste. Or he's like a Nixon where he's yeah. like, oh, I have one and I can't do anything. I get a vibe Maybe from a him of someone who does not want to feel out of control and would get a lot of power out of that feeling of oh, like yeah. everyone. Because he's going to parties. He was like a big party boy, but mm -hmm. he wasn't drunk at any of them and he wasn't drinking visibly or like i mean that is psychotic in, it is crazy yeah. yeah he was in the tabloids and shit all the time so like if he was getting drunk i, I do be. feel like that information would have been out in the world if like he was maybe yeah. he's had right. a beer in his life like maybe that's not true but he definitely has a very limited relationship with alcohol itself he did have his own brand of vodka called Trump Vodka, which went out of business in 2011. He also <laughs> is really aggressively wants to tax um, wine. He French wants French wine. wine. He wants to ta put 100% tax. He's just like a yeah. weird Macron. Right. personal right. thing. Because he was saying, he was like, you know, I have literally no I idea know. what the stuff tastes like, but I know. I'm sure well, it's crap. <laughs> I think um, that's one way for him to get below 53% on the white woman vote. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> he's like, he you fuck with it. wine. Yeah. You fuck with up. the wine moms. Yeah. And that's serious. Do you not see our t-shirts that get only say... <laughs> but Trump does have a reported relationship with a little drug called Adderall. Mm -hmm. So we'll get into that super fast. Um, basically, a couple years ago, stand-up comedian Noel Kassler, who worked on The Celebrity Apprentice for six years, said in a taped stand-up set that Trump is a speed freak who, and this is a direct quote, crushes up Adderall and sniffs it because he can't read. So <laughs> So he gets really nervous when he has to read the cue cards. So well, if that is true, we've basically never seen him physically in front of us without him having well, just read out. I mean, it makes sense. He is sniffing all the time. It makes sense with the sniffing. It makes sense with like the sometimes he's like really high and hyped up. And then sometimes he's like, oh, thank you. Well, yeah. the, there was that picture of him in Trump Tower yeah. with like the um, Sudafed. Yeah, with the with the British suit effect. I looked yeah, into yeah, this. Yeah. I looked into this a lot when because Sammy and I talked about this. Mm -hmm. Why did we talk? Oh, when he went to the hospital. Yeah, and nobody knew why, and he wouldn't say why. And I looked into that more. And yeah, so there's a picture of him in Trump Tower eating like a taco he's like, salad. He's like, happy single day Mayo. Right. I love the burrito yeah. bowl. And behind him, he has <laughs> um, clearly a drawer full of Sudafed and somebody identified as a type you can only get in the UK. So that sort of launched like, oh my God, maybe it has some weird ingredient that, that makes you more high. No, it's like known that I think UK Sudafed is... Yeah. Some people use it it's for the come down, It's like an ingredient. It, it doesn't have a stimulating... I mean, I think that... Basically, I saw a lot of comments that like this is a very responsible thing to... Irresponsible thing to claim that this... Uh, yeah. He's okay. getting uh. high off it. It's more likely that he is using it because he has such bad drip from whatever he is doing. Uh. And he's helping treat the side effects from what he does. Because it's definitely weird. American Nobody should need... That. Yeah, it definitely... It has a separate ingredient, but that ingredient is not intoxicating. Okay. It it's, makes the drug more effective, I think. Um... But yeah, like a lot of people, medical professionals were cautioning against saying that like he's using that drug to get high. But like, yeah, it's really weird if you have a drawer full of a yeah. Like, why foreign, does he have a drawer medication? Drawer British and Sudafed. there's a lot of suspicion has to do with the drugs he does do. Um, okay, so to round this all out, as far as drug policy, um, he really hasn't come for marijuana. Jeff Sessions uh, had rescinded the coal memo, which was the thing that the Obama administration said that was like the memo saying that they like federal laws were going to leave like state marijuana laws alone, but they haven't actually like acted on that towards yeah. anyone really. So, you know, it's rescinded in like 
in theory, but not yeah. really in practice. Um, and really, his drug policy has been mostly focused on the opioid epidemic. So trying to reduce access to that over prescription, all of that stuff. Um, he's not really focused on like marijuana. He did sign the First Step Act, which is trying to, you know, help with the uh, over incarceration issue. So yeah. drug policy wise, it's like. He, he's kind of keeping the status quo from Obama and just focused on the opioid epidemic, which is interesting because nine times out of 10, that is not what he's doing. But he right. just does not seem interested in like going I think after he weed. Isn't really, like, I think he doesn't have like a place in his heart for drugs. I know this yeah. is weird. I think the, uh, like, I think he doesn't even necessarily like see the Adderall as like a drug. Like, I think yeah. he probably feels like it's more of like a, a performance aid. Yeah, he it's gets it from a doctor. Really not. Like Doctors especially like marijuana oh, yes. related stuff. It's not really a wedge issue that like he can use mm-hmm. uh, right. to like rile people up. Yeah, because he doesn't care. If he used it, he would actually win a lot of support. But don't tell him that <laughs> anyone. Yeah. If he, he if he went came out opposed in favor in favor of, oh, right, of legalizing. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean that would that would be so crazy if he was just like yeah let's legalize weed and then he did that and all of us had to be like oh. Thank you. How yeah. Oh, trust. Okay, cool. Well, I think I know somebody who replies to all of his tweets with Legalize that command. Yeah. Listen, I'm I'm working on it. At least I'm working on it. Uh, you know what? I haven't done it in a little while. Oh, really? I, yeah, you I know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on and do it. He tweeted about Greta Thunberg yeah. today, and yeah. I'm gonna oh, I'll reply no. legalize weed to that one. What did he tweet? We'll he said that, that oh. she needs to chill out. I don't know. He said He's like she idiot. needs to chill out and go to anger management and watch a movie with friends. And you know she did change her t- Twitter bio again <laughs> to, to that. girl who oh. needs with anger management issues who's chilling out and watching movies. Yeah. With friends. I posted it on stuff like him had, watching like, like Shark Tank, Shark Week, yeah, whatever. Not Shark Tank. All right, this All right. has been that was so awesome. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we got like real phases, and I learned a lot. I yeah. know a lot about, and it's New Year's Eve almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. so happy new year to happy everybody new, listening. Yeah. Happy um, 21st Amendment month. I hope you celebrate like happy a, election uh, year. Don't be the John Adams of your yeah, new year's party. Yeah, don't be the party. Richard Nixon. Don't like Don't cry be the Ulysses and... S. Grant. Oh, do yeah. not be that. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, who do, who I, do you want to party be like? The Trump of I want to party like Obama. <laughs> yes. Obama? Honestly? Mm-hmm. JFK? No, I don't no, want these weird shots. No, I mean like the three joints and the cocaine sounds nice. Yeah, the three, three joints and cocaine. I don't think he JFK did the party. cocaine. It's unclear if the cocaine ever came to fruition. Honestly, party like your George W. Bush at Melu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and remember, just don't puke on a horse's yes. mane. Just never puke on a never horse's mane. Never puke on a horse's mane. Until the end of democracy. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Fishbine. I'm Brian Russell Smith. I'm Amanda Duberman. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast. Bye. Batches.